for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Uh, dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, July 1st, 2014. This is a hot one out there. This is episode 128 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, usually Tuesday evening right here, live. Check it out. AttackoftheAndroids.com. I'm Matt, and that's Eric. What's up, Eric? Not much, Matt. Just looking for that mute button. Say hello to you. Oh, hey. And hi to Nick as well. Also, Nick, what's up? Nick Carroll, how you doing? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. <laughs> Just adjust that. All right. We good? Okay. So, uh, Google I.O. happened. Yeah. Ant Boy, was there. <laughs> I don't know where Ant's at. He was maybe going to join us if he can. He was at like some extended uh, thing because not a lot of press uh, getting in, especially uh, not unless you work for, you know, a giant corporation, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what, what did you guys think so far? Uh, the the wearable stuff, totally cool. The car stuff, eh. The box, I kind of want a box. I have a Moto X. I have the Spotlight player. Like, I would love to just strap that thing on and pretend I had uh, an Oculus or something. Uh, the cardboard thing, that was so weird. Yeah, um, that was unexpected. I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the cool thing, though, is because I was looking at all these components, I'm like, ah, sure, maybe I'll put this thing together. But um, Dodo Case, the, the folks behind Dodo Case, um, are, I think, they're, I think they're offering it where they will pre-make it for you for like 20 bucks. And I kind of think that that's way worth it versus, you know, piecing it together yourself and having it look like crap. Yeah. But um, do you... So it, just for for anybody that's uh, that's listening or watching, the way that this thing works is, it's cardboard and it it sort of looks like, you know, like sort of like three D glass. You have these, these origami things. It's origami. Yeah. And, and or what? Or origami. Origami. That's right. So you fold up your little cardboard and you put your phone in the front, like so. If you're watching the live thing, and and it just sort of. It sits in front of your face, and it becomes, I don't know, I, I guess then then the, the little lenses that are, have the phone in front of it, it becomes like Oculus Rift. Yeah, it's a low-budget Oculus Rift that you can use with your existing smartphone, provided it's Android 4.something-something, like 2, and you download the like 300-meg app, and you install it. But still, I mean, 20 bucks for to, to buy the cardboard thing, or if you have some cardboard lying around to assemble it yourself, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was neat. Um, the the car stuff, I I you know it's funny. Sometimes we see rumors and they actually turn out to be true, and I think this was one of them. Uh, the interface looked almost identical to what we talked about. What was it like, maybe two months ago in the show? Yeah. So that was neat. Yeah. Uh, watches. Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, the Android Auto stuff is kind of neat. If you're gonna get a brand new car that'll have that maybe next year. <laughs> But for everyone else that maybe wants, you know, an aftermarket kind of kind of thing, you know, there's nothing out for that either. So I don't know. 
Yeah, for for us folks that don't buy new, it's <laughs> it's kind of eh, whatever. Well, supposedly um, some aftermarket companies are going to be getting in on that, but I didn't catch who that was, and it doesn't help me now. But <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What was like? Were you guys impressed with the uh, with the wearable stuff? I mean that that was that was sort of the big takeaway from the show. I, I was because to me it makes a watch more more valuable because just to be honest, I don't need an actual bona fide watch because all it does is tell you the time. But a smartwatch I could use because it'll actually work with the smartphone and do a lot of other things. So to me that's that's something. So I mean a smartwatch is like one step away from Inspector Gadget and Penny being like <laughs> brain, come in. I mean that's yeah. that's cool. I look at it as more of an iterative step between implantables. Like wearables are fine, but like you gotta wear them. It needs to be like in you, all up in you, which is coming. See, right? That would have been a great slogan. Android wear. It needs to be in you. <laughs> Android wear. All up in you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Closer to you than anything else. Yeah, right. But that's kind of like I what I feel... look at this as is that it's that step in between. Like if you read Kurzweil's Age of Spiritual Machines, he makes all those epic predictions, right? And in there that this is this is one of those, uh, of course, a few years later than, but uh, still a good stepping stone for what we hope one day to have. And the cool thing is, I mean, it's like a couple hundred bucks for either of these. Like one's two twenty nine for the Samsung Gear Live, and it's like one ninety nine for the the LG G Watch. You know that's pretty inexpensive. I mean, for a for a good watch, you know, you, you might spend 200, 150, 250 bucks for for a really good watch. Why this do isn't you... as stylish? But I'm sorry, go on. Uh, I was just gonna ask why why do you put it in a watch? You put it in something people used to wear. Why don't you put it in something people currently wear, like a hat or your socks <laughs> or underwear or well, <laughs> yeah, monocle. if you wear those, Ooh, sure, underwear. or that, yeah. I mean, a watch just seems like one of those deprecated things we all used to, like, have because it's empty we didn't estate, have man. phones. It's... Well, maybe it'll bring back the watch. I don't know. <laughs> Are we that I mean... used to not having crap on our wrists? Like, a watch would feel weird to me now if I wore one because I haven't worn one in so long. Well, for me, I've never really needed a watch. I mean, even for the last 10 plus years, I've had some sort of a, like, a, either a smartphone or a dumb phone. And, you know, you, you could tell the time that way. So for me, a, a watch wouldn't matter. But if you have something that allows you to have pretty much the bulk of the functionality you have on your smartphone, but you don't have to pull your smartphone out of your pocket. Or if you're like me, like I'll leave my, I'll come home, leave my smartphone on my desk, but I'll walk around the house. I can still get my notifications. So that's kind of value there. So just depends. But I like it because See, it gives you added functionality. So go on, Eric. That, that's, where I, that's why I really like the Pebble until it got all buggy as hell. It's it's that I could just I could leave the phone somewhere. I never wore watches because, you know, I I don't know, like it just bothered me having things on my wrist. Exactly. But I very quickly got over that hump. No. Like you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. The, the only the only thing that stopped me was it just stopped working. Like it stopped working the way it was supposed to. Um but the Android where they look the the concepts look good. The the thing that I'm disappointed about is that they led with the LG and the Moto. I mean, they led with the LG and the Samsung, and they did not lead with the Moto 360. And that's the fo- that is the that's the the watch that everybody that I was you know following at IO. That's the one that everybody wanted to get because yeah. it looked the nicest. 
Yeah, it, it just I was watching. Yeah, I was watching Google I/O, or at least part of it. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I didn't have enough time because uh, I was working. But the the part that I caught was like they were announcing the watches, and they mentioned the 360, and you heard like a sigh, like that they were you know, like they're going to get one of the one or both of the other watches, but they weren't going to get that. And you heard like this audible sigh, the whole room that they weren't getting the Moto 360. So, yeah, everyone wants that. <laughs> Can I just a little little bit of a pet peeve is that during the show because I, I was following it live um, I was following the Verges live coverage and when they started talking about all of the um, like actual technical bits about like things that they're improving or changing every tech journalist on the web started bitching as if this wasn't a developer conference yeah so I just I just needed to yeah. say that because well, like, they don't even really talk about it in the Verge's article that we have in the show notes. Yeah, and they don't treat you know uh, the Apple's uh, developer conference the same way. They're not bitching endlessly about about the things that they're talking there. You know, they understand that this is stuff that's coming down the pipe. You may get a device, you know, announced or something, but likely you're you're going to get all this information about upcoming features. You know, the iOS is going to have or whatever. Same thing with Android. We're going to get Android L down the line. This is the stuff we're going to implement here with Android Wear and all this other stuff. So yeah, I don't see why the why it has to be so innately negative from the tech press. Who I mean, this is what fuels them. This is what gets them their their audience. All these things. But anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, it so anyway, it was weird. But okay, Android L, you brought that up. So that was the that was the big one. And one of the interesting things from this year's Google I/O is that. And, yes, mind blown. <laughs> One of the interesting things is that in previous um, in previous Google IOs, we typically got a device like a Nexus 7, Nexus 4, like a new phone or a tablet, and then coupled with that was the latest version of Android, which was then available. You know, yeah. the, at least like it, the final version was available at at IO or shortly after. Yeah. Now, Google L, uh, the the L release, we don't even know the actual name. Hopefully it's not lollipop or something, but Life it Saber. is. Life, yes, this one's sponsored by Lifesaver. Um, but it's not going to be available until the fall. But they're going to have a pre, they have a preview uh, a version available for. Well, now I just read an article as we started the show that you know it's available for the Nexus Four, Nexus Five, Seven. Like it's available for all of the recent Nexus devices, even the Ten. So Matt can get in on that action. <laughs> That's what I'm talking um, about. That 10 needs some uh, upgrade love for sure. I did. I finally wiped it just to see. I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. It, it's so <laughs> laggy. I just don't even use it. I like turn it on and then go back in the house and like watch an episode of House or something and then come back and it's ready for me to swipe to unlock. It's ridiculous. But after the wipe, like, it seems better. I haven't really done much but played a little Riptide GT2, but it, it seems better. So maybe that's the garbage collection they were talking about, that it just gets full unless you wipe it. Yeah. It is old. Well, I, I mean, it's also old, so who knows? <laughs> and you, I think you brought this up um, on your post on Google+, because we were talking, um, you know, a little, little while back on the show with... Uh, with I think it was Shane saying that sometimes they just use like cheap flash memory, so then yeah. it goes bad over time, and and that's what slows it down. And so, yeah, 
<clears throat> but yeah. well, I gotta say, like my original Nexus Seven has been performing fine, but I use it infrequently. I don't use it super heavy. Like I read, check emails, et cetera, before I go to bed, you know, with it. But I don't use it a lot. And that's to me, it seems like new, simply because I guess I'm not using it as much over time. So. Yeah. Well, it it should feel more like new. I mean, aside from the fact that a lot of things in L are are not implemented yet, or they're still buggy. Um, no. The, you know, it's running completely on Art, which is the, yeah. the new runtime. So they've gotten rid of Dalvik, and, yeah. um, you know, the, there's we have a an article in the show notes from I think ours um, where they did battery life tests, and, uh, you know, using on a Nexus 5 with KitKat they got. Um, 345 minutes uh, of use, and then yeah. with the Android L preview, it was a you know 471. So it seems to be getting you know a lot a lot better with uh, with Art, and and they even that that stupid little bug report that we talked about where yeah. the guy asked for like the give me the supercharged fast thing for Android. It's so good. <laughs> Apparently this is it. There was an app, right? It's real. Because somebody was like, it'll be announced at <laughs> I.O. Like totally sarcastically joking. But then it was, and they were like, hmm. All right, well. <laughs> hmm. Now we're just waiting for all the apps to uh, catch up with it, right? We still yeah. have. Well, one of the, yeah, one of the things I like with Android L is that they had that new material design UI that they're basically uh, – Coming out with its replacement for Holo, Hollow, <laughs> Yellow, whatever. Hollow. Anyways, uh, it's pronounced Hollow. 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 But Hollow. But uh, yeah, it, that's coming out, and I think that's pretty exciting because uh, it looks pretty cool. And actually, it it's, sounds almost like they want Chrome to do the same thing. So they're going to have this card UI-looking design, and it's going to be 3D elements kind of built into it. Like to where certain things are going to be going to be in the background, certain elements are going to be in the foreground, and based on your actions, you know, different things will, you know, you have different drop shadows and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. It's actually, you know, we seem to have been going more flat with Hollow, but now it's we're going to have kind of a semi 3D kind of kind of deal. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, doesn't Matthias Duarte look like Willy Wonka? Let's be honest. Like this yeah, man is was... just going crazier as the years go by. Yeah, his mutton chops were kind of, I don't know what, what was going on there, but that was kind of weird as well. I mean, but, yeah, the rainbow, just completely <laughs> kaleidoscope, you know, shirt under that jacket. <laughs> yeah, he lost his mind. Um, well, this is cool because I, I really, I like the stuff that he designs because he came from, he came from the Palm team, didn't he? Am I remembering yeah. that right? Like he was involved with the pre? So... Yeah, I think I really so. liked the free. Yeah. Well, he, he's big into the whole card UI, and I do like like this more uniform look. You know, we had debated in the past about potentially like Chrome OS and Android OS somehow merging or something, but I think they're only going to make them look alike. You know, and one of the aspects that they also mentioned was like having Android, some Android apps run, run on Chrome OS as well. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that, that was one of those things that it – like I still don't, I still don't, can't recall them saying like a date when this is gonna happen. But I did think that was kind of cool, like the having the having some of the Android apps be compatible with Chrome OS because that just makes the, like it, that just increases the usability of Chromebooks. Which I I like yeah. my Chromebook, but sometimes you just don't you have the more. Tool. 
Yeah, sometimes you need more than what's on there. So, yeah. So, and then, hey, if I can just have the phone sitting, you know, sitting on the table, and then I just pull up the app I need to do whatever, then that's that's really cool. Yeah. It goes um, back to the terminal days, right? I mean, you guys might talk about that, but that's that's kind of what it reminds me yeah. of. It's like, okay, very good. Moving on. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, let's see here, there, there's a lot more for for IO. Um, the I mean, the fitness stuff. That's sort of that's that's sort of interesting. Uh, da, 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 da. We're not really interested in fit, fitness, so yeah, <laughs> except for Ant. Well, how about the living room? How about the living room stuff? Android TV announced. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, like we mentioned at the top of the show, one of the predictions, right? Yeah. They, and they actually have an actual TV box. It's not just, hey, here's, you know, what you can use if you're, you know, you're building a smart TV. It's, hey, here's a box with Android TV, and it's like a Roku or Apple TV or whatever, so that's kind of cool. Aunt Pruitt joining us. He was actually down there uh, in the area, in the vicinity of IO. Uh as a as a, a Logitech review owner, are you like miffed about Android TV? Uh, no, I'm excited for Android TV because nice. it looks like they're actually going to get some type of love and get some, you know, timely updates and maybe grow a little bit. Finally, than being some type of hobbyist device the way Apple is treating their TV. Yeah. Yeah, but it irritates me. Like they. They like start these little platforms and then they just dump them. You're still crying I don't about the queue. Go Android TV. You're, Screw it. I'm you still know, you're just whining about Roku. the queue. You're just whining still about the queue, and that's fine. I understand that. I still wish I had a queue. So what else? <laughs> that queue was something else. You know what would be cool is if they at least allow the Android L, you know, or TV L, TV's version of L, to mm-hmm. load up on the old Google TV and the old Nexus Q, and at least be useful that way turn those into the new Android TV. So that'd be kind of cool. I do like they how they're, I like how they're going to like a men in black naming scheme. I expect great things Uh-oh. from M N O and P. <laughs> right. Not they're cute. like, wait, that, that kid on attack of the Android said we were going to run out of numbers cause we're going to make the Nexus eight, nine and then the 10 already. So we need to switch this up a little more letters than numbers. <laughs> I like it. So, Ann, how was the barbecue? Or the I barbecue? I didn't get to go to the barbecue. I wish I was there. I um I left at noon, and the barbecue started at noon. Oh, oh, geez. <laughs> so, what was your what was your favorite part of the experience? Well, just being in downtown San Francisco and seeing all of the the geeks and nerds just walking around together, and it seemed so normal, you know, and there was all of these blue Google shirts and all of these tags and, and glass was everywhere. And it just seemed like they were supposed to be there. You know what I mean? You know, it was, it was so big. Yeah. And, and, and even like the security there, you know, you walk, you could have walked by with some type of contraption strapped to your head that was semi Google glass and security would have just nodded and said, okay, you're fine. You know, it's like you just fit in. It's because their glass was doing all the recognition for them. Right. They're scanning (laughs) you at the same time. They're like, man, I knew you were able to come in here the second you got out the car and the cameras did face rack on you. They're like, excuse me, yes, Aunt Pruitt of Yats, please just move along, sir. 
Just, yeah, just move it along. We don't care what's on your head. <laughs> <laughs> Take that silly piece of cardboard off your head. What is that, a cereal box? Get out of here. Uh, what about Ooh, the Chrome? Awesome, the Chromecast streaming through the cloud? Still not really doing what I need it to do, but that's fine. I mean, that's that's totally fine. Well, or what do you, you need it to okay, do? Okay, that's. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you because you're going to tell me to use Plesk, and I'm not <laughs> setting that up yet. <laughs> uh, here we go. Here no, no, we're not even. Go. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, you know they are going to implement the cast screen button finally. That's I've had cool. that button. It just didn't do nothing. It doesn't do anything right now. It's horrible. You press it, and I it's if like they shot themselves in the foot. Maybe you press, and it's like Nobody I'm sorry, knows. Matt. I can't do that. No, sir, not yet. It's so that's going to give us uh, sort of like Apple. Um, what what do they call the feature where it does screen mirroring? It's it's escaping AirPlay. AirPlay. Yeah. AirPlay. AirPlay. So that'll be AirPlay functionality via. Uh, Chromecast, which is, which is kind of neat. The Chromecast, the thirty-five dollars becomes more and more useful as time goes on, which is more than we can say for the Nexus Q. Am I right? Come on. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to about that whole casting the screen is Google Earth on the television. Yeah. You know, my my hard hits. They're so fascinated by the Google Earth app. Um, you know, ideally, whenever we travel that to my hometown, you know, it's just a little two-hour drive, not too far. But they love pulling up the tablet, which is tethered to the phone, and pulling up that, that app and just watching the landscape change and so forth. Or pulling up grandma's house and seeing what her yard looks like. And to be able to let them explore on a bigger screen and let them see what Alaska looks like right about now. You know, what does... Brazil look like right about now. You know, I think that's going to be pretty cool. A less educate, a less educational use for it that they might like is they could probably just throw Minecraft up on the TV too. Uh-huh. And they have like giant. No, I will not allow that. <laughs> They're already on my damn computer with that stuff. No, I'm not having it on my TV. That's not happening. Oh yeah. Sorry. Just wait. Get your own TV. Oh, One day awesome. they're going to hit that cast screen button and say, "Holy crap, it works." I guess it'd be Minecast. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see ripples through Google Plus the day that happens because there's gonna be a Nexus Seven going right through a High Sense Pulse or whatever TV's got the review. Oh boy. Quick, fast. Right. Just <laughs> hand, hand me that one, Max. <laughs> uh, we already talked about the d- awesome. desktop Android apps on Chrome. That's pretty cool. Uh, did we mention uh, Office and Drive? Open Office going bye bye. Drive doing more sheets, docs, all that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they good. they bought Quick Office. Or, what, yeah, what do you think, Ann? Sorry, did I say Open Office? I, I think Quick Office. Yeah, I I think that's big. Um, the only caveat, uh, as I mentioned on the new domain here recently, um, is security. You know, if, if if the enterprise were to try to take a hold of this, you're going to have to have some type of security in place, especially when it comes to drive encryption and uh, something that would be just as secure as Exchange is. Not that Exchange is super secure, but, you know, what, what kind of options of security would a Chromebook 
Chromebook have for enterprise. Yeah, you can open spreadsheets and edit them and documents and so forth. That's a big freaking win there. Uh, um, I know I've been down that road opening up a document and have to view it in Google Docs, edit it, save it as a Word doc, then send it back. You know, just two extra steps that was just not necessary. You know. Yeah. And you know, I I feel like I'm looking for I'm looking for the article now, but I want to say one of those like hidden things that they announced at Google I/O was in, um, the ability to uh, encrypt uh, in Google Drive. So the fact that they have business plans, um, if you're big enough, you can even self-host your own uh, drive, I believe. But um, nice, you know, the ability to encrypt as well. Um, I mean, I think we're closer to enterprise, but if you're really security conscious, I don't think that you're going to be using. Um, I don't think that you're going to really be using uh, Google Apps necessarily. Um, How security uh, conscious we are we talking? I found, I found the article. Eric, how well, se- did you say that? How security conscious are we talking? What do you mean? Well, again, people in, in corporations travel all day long with these different laptops and and tablets or what have you, and they're stolen all the daggum time. You know, remote and white. You have, yeah, you're gonna have to have some type of ability to to, if if possible, to do like a remote wipe on it, or um, at least put some type of encryption on it. It's gonna make it a little more difficult to crack. Until you can wipe it. That's all you need. You just need yeah, to buy yourself yeah, enough time. Yeah. Well, some enterprises will either, A, supply you with something with all their software, you know, that you can uh, you, that you can use, and then it'll basically, you know, if it does get lost, you can do remote wipe. Or if you do a, a, a bring-your-own-device kind of deal, they make you install their software, essentially, and it audits what software you can have on that device and then you use that so they could do that. So that's what a lot of enterprises do for security. They they either supply you with a device or make you install their software on your device in the event that uh, you you put their files essentially on your on yeah. your device. So yeah, but then you deal with OS compatibility from that standpoint. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if it could function like the the kind of can't believe I'm about to say this. Function like the BlackBerry devices, yeah, you know, and have that secure side for your uh, corporate information, and then your personal side on that other partition. Yeah. I guess they partitioned it off. I think they did. Yeah. yeah. So two two quick points. So um, I've just been informed by by one of our listeners that uh, Google Apps is HIPAA compliant. So there is there is a level of security that comes apparently with um, with Drive already. Um, that says a and lot. what's that? I say that says a lot. Yeah, I mean HIPAA. So HIPAA is the, are these the, these are the laws that govern um, data uh, and they govern privacy for health records. So yep. if it's if it's good enough, um, if it's good enough for the health industry, like that, that's a that's a decent bar to to look at. Um, secondly, <laughs> you know, if you're really concerned about privacy in the enterprise. Um, I think we're going to talk about it later, but uh, the reviews for the black phone are coming in, um, and that that seems very interesting with the you know remote wipe capabilities and things like that. Hmm. Well, let's talk about it now. Oh, yeah. Why put it off? 
Is it good? Is the encryption legit? Wasn't that like a concept a month or so ago? Seems like I remember Matt Lee talking about it on Google+. They've, they've had that concept maybe for about a year, but I think they finally pushed it out like a, a month or plus ago to where you could actually pre-order, and then the pre-orders, uh, they sold out. I don't know if they've got more stock in since, but it seems like to, with whatever supply they have, they're steadily selling out of that. So that's good, at least in, in their aspect. So I'm curious if the crypto is implemented yeah. properly. I would imagine so, but well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Go Dan Godin on uh, ours, he looked at it. They said they found the black phone lives up to its privacy hype during the testing in a number of scenarios. There was little, if any, data leakage that would give any third-party observer anything usable in terms of private information. And that's not necessarily encrypting. That's just feeding apps bunk info, right? Spoofing info, contact lists, calendar, stuff like that, so that the apps don't have that access. So you can still use an app, right? But without giving it all your stuff. Yeah. So I guess so. Let's let's back up a little bit. We can talk about the phone and then and then the the actual software on it. It's the the specs seem very similar to the Moto X that you have in your hand. It does. Um, four point seven inch. Um, you know, screen. Uh, it's got um yeah, eight megapixel camera. Two gigahertz Nvidia chip, which is interesting. Yeah, that's about comparable to the Snapdragon 800 in terms of like compute power. Uh, the screen itself is going to be like 720p. It's HD from from what I remember. So yeah, it's it's kind of very much like the Moto X. So yeah, um, and hardware. I was a little worried um, because everything we've seen so far have just been renders, and honestly, it looked like a crappy little block phone um, but ac- according to the guys at ours they you know uh, they they said that it it feels nice like uh, the look and feel is not bad um, so I don't know I, I don't still there have not been very many actual pictures because they just started shipping um, but hardware wise like it's it seems decent and it does have a micro SD slot too which is kind of cool because it only has 16 gigs of of storage, um, though that in itself could be a, I don't know, a, a vector, if you will, an attack vector to get on the phone. I just dropped. An I dropped an infected micro SD, and you inadvertently inserted it into your black phone, and now all of your infos are mine. Lovely. Exactly. That's how it happens. Um, so software-wise. You get you get two years of Silent Circles secure voice video and text messaging, which that in itself I think it, that, that's like ninety nine dollars a year typically. Um, then you get two years of, of disconnect VPN service, which as far as I can tell, that disconnect is is just like you know pay what you feel. So I don't know really know what maybe what the what the value is for you know you could place on that. Um, and then you get two years of Spider Oak um, storage at like five gigs a month, which uh, Spider Oak's pretty decent from what I've what read. That's what their typical free is. Yeah, and that's a decent service from what I read, or it used to be. I don't know if it still is. The other two things, I mean, you can you can do Tech Secure and Red Phone for a free version of these, probably with different crypto implement. But do you pay for this like a hundred bucks a month? 
to do something no, you well, could do for free no, no, you somewhere get, else? You maybe. get it for you get it for free for the first two years. Right, but then after that, um, I mean, do you still have your phone after that, or no? That's the question. Not many. You know? Is that that's planned obsolescence then baked into the the firmware? At that point, you buy a new black phone, I guess, and you're already subscribed, so you probably just update your subscription based on the new purchase. They probably have had that all worked out, at least I would imagine. So, I think that's the idea. Um, and then you get you get three one-year like friends and family subscriptions for Silent Circle, so you know it's sort of a way to get other people to buy into the into the um, ecosystem without necessarily having to purchase something up front. A family plan, got it. <laughs> a family. Plan. <laughs> I'm it's the Silent Circle family plan, so don't talk about it. I'm not fully educated on this black phone, but how are the carriers reacting to a device like this? I suppose it, since it's unlocked, I guess you know that that is a good question. I don't know. Hmm. You know, you buy it. And I take have not it seen to, any reaction from the carrier. Right, you buy it, you take it to VZW or whomever, and you know, are they going to bitch about it being so locked down or feeling like you know what this is? too risky for our network for whatever reason, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. You know, I'm just, just curious. Well, look at, look at the, the rise enacted with the new next, like the 2013 Nexus 7 LTE. Like they, they delayed getting that thing LTE access for, uh, almost six months. If I remember right, like, you know, maybe, maybe four or five, but, um, you make a good point. Um, now it is GSM only though, so the only people that could really make a fuss about it would be AT and T, T Mobile, and like the the small MVNOs. Well, we know um, T Mobile will be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're like the libertarians um, of the carriers. <laughs> but yeah, so they. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like I, I really don't think that they could. I don't know that it would necessarily look that different to them because. Some people, a small amount, use VPN already on their phones. Um, it's a built-in feature to Android. It's a built-in feature to Apple. Businesses use it. So as far as like this traffic looks different than that traffic, I don't think it's going to be anything that they have not seen. Um, okay. So and it 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 remains to be you know only time will tell. Remains to be seen. But I I think it would be okay. Um, you know, just thinking about it. Right. Uh, yeah, and then the the other thing that they offer that we talked about CyanogenMod having, which is the the ability to, um, you know, to spoof your data or lock down what certain apps can get access to. Handy. Okay. I do. I dig the the yeah. fact that it comes no, you're with... not going to get many apps though. Yeah. What do you dig, Matt? You know. Sorry. That lag is killing me. It is, right? I, I dig the fact that it comes with, like, anonymizers and stuff to spoof your data and all that. That's cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, like, trying to find about what it's actually using for crypto and the messaging and everything. Oh, it's using, uh, like, the Jabber protocol. So that's that's all right, right? I mean... If you're really worried about <laughs> something like that, are you using... Your phone, anyway. I don't know. I guess if if you're if you have a business or you work in an industry where, you know, 
the the day-to-day -day information could be you know valuable to somebody. Um, I'm trying to think, like if it, if it could lead to like insider trading or something like that. Like there there are instances, or even just a you know a doctor talking to the office about patients. Like there are instances where you might want to take more precautions with your security. Well, and, and sometimes it, you have to use your phone. And they 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 did go through it. They said uh, they placed a few calls to each other, both video and voice. Reviewed the packets they captured. He says, I could see the exchange of public keys with a silent circle server, and then everything that followed was encrypted UDP traffic to an IP address that resolved as another silent circle server. Okay, so we, we, we good? Uh, if someone was monitoring, they say, our call from one end or the other, all they would know is that we were sending and receiving packets from silent circle. Uh, not that we yeah. were having a conversation with each other or the contents of it. Uh, they yeah, say this, they couldn't see it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, they say the same was true for silent text. Uh, packet capture of a conversation caught on uh, they it caught the initial exchange of keys, like even like in text here when you do the key exchange uh, through a HTTPS connection to Silent Circle's login server, and then messages themselves were just blocks of encrypted text in TCP packets. So it's not it's not doing carrier end to end encryption. It's using data and encrypting it that way as as just packets. Which is probably a lot easier to do because then you don't necessarily. Well, I don't know. Would you have to have the same on each end at that point if it's just data packets encrypted? Like I could text someone on Text Secure or Google Voice with it, and it wouldn't matter. Like with Text Secure, it has to be client to client. Yeah, Text Secure. Text so, Secure. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, let's see. They said that. Uh, they successfully remotely deleted a few documents that were sent in chat, turned on burn notice, and watched messages self-destruct out of the chat thread. So that's cool. Um, as far as the VPN goes, they say disconnect searches did their job of keeping Google from identifying. Uh, but the need to turn on the VPN for private browsing became readily apparent when I found a geolocation cookie being passed to Wikipedia in the clear. Uh, once I switched on Disconnect's VPN, there was absolutely nothing to sniff from my web visits. So that's cool. Uh, he says, for my last trick, I unleashed a malicious wireless access point on Black Phone, first passively listening and then actively trying to get it to connect. Uh, I captured the MAC address of the phone's Wi-Fi interface passively, but was unable to get it to fall for a spoofed network or even give up the names of its trusted networks. So between Dan and Godin and his buddy here, they say it's pretty damn secure. So I would trust that. I would like a few more researchers crypto people to pound on it just to make sure but that's cool man it's definitely better than I'm anything sure we're else gonna out get that there. soon like i don't know if steve gibson ordered one but like the fact that they're shipping now like if you give it a few weeks like by the time that they're actually available to buy again i think we're gonna have a lot more information about the actual security of it it's the terrorist um, on. that's right <laughs> Now, one thing that is kind of, like, well, two things that kind of disturb me about it a little bit is that, like, I think that, Matt touched on a little bit, I think that it uses data for all this stuff. Um, so, like, your your call quality, if, it, if that's using data, that's going to depend heavily on how good of data that both sides have. So that, that might be a no-go for, for some people. Yeah, also any latency that might be introduced by additional hops between, you know, one end to the other. So that, Well, and what, if, what about this? If, if all of this encryption 
connect and connectivity is happening to silent circle servers uh you can see that what's to stop anyone from then just attacking the silent circle servers themselves with the fbi letter or you know something like that we know you're talking through this so it must be something important i it just seems like yeah go ahead i was gonna say uh partly depends on their data retention policy, how long they're going to keep those keys. And where it's lot, located, of, right? What yeah, country where it's located. In. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know where they're located. They're located just outside of D.C. So, <laughs> Does that make I you mean, feel better or worse about this? Well, that highly depends. And, oh, yeah? and I think that, like, because we, uh, when, they, when they launched Silent Circle, um, yeah, I, was, I started looking at some of their some of their investment stuff, and I, I forget what ex- I'm trying to look up, find my research that I did again. But like, I I would not I would not consider this safe from everybody, if that makes sense. Like, I I think that I think that these guys like if 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 the government came to them with with a security letter and said, give it up, they're gonna give it up. So they wouldn't just burn everything. You know. No, I think it's, no. it's private communication <laughs> from your neighbor. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're buying. Yeah, some encryption is better than no encryption, and you can't cover every base, but you can cover as many bases as you. You can cover can. So, the bases cool. you're going to use to do your shady shit. There you go. Right? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and the other thing is that you. The other bad thing that you know folks don't realize that if you want this phone, like you're giving up, you're giving up the Google Play Store. Like you're gonna be sideloading stuff, and when you sideload stuff, like if you're stupid about it, you could be sideloading something that completely negates all of the handy dandy, you know, security features on the phone. Mm-hmm. But so, if you're doing that, you have this black phone as your secondary device, right? This isn't your main daily driver unless you're a, an agent yeah. or you're something. Probably get it, and you're probably well, yeah, and, but you're probably only gonna. <laughs> Put on there what you absolutely need. So I would also appreciate if we could stop using the T word. <laughs> okay. Yes. Ixnay on the Aristay. Hey. Ixnay. <laughs> wow. Eric. Um, yeah. I don't know. As a as a secondary device, though, six hundred something bucks is a little steep. Yeah, you think? Yeah. But if your business buys it, then who cares? You can. Chat with your girlfriend. I mean, if your government buys it for you, then who cares? <laughs> it's free phone, citizen. I mean, it's just like the rest of us are paying it anyway. It's basically you're getting a subsidized phone then at that point, subsidized by we the people, so that you can do your spy stuff or whatever. All right, moving on, please. You make a valid point, sir. Thank you. Let's move on. Okay. What are we moving on to, Matt? That's a good question. Do you want to talk about phones or gaming or some miscellaneous? Did you see Google bought Songza? Songza Stark? Songza Songza Stark. Stark. For how much? How many Instagrams? As we all click the link. Load that sucker. It didn't say it in the it didn't say it in the Google Play. Yeah. Yeah, the articles that I've looked at hasn't hasn't displayed how much it was purchased for. Probably not as much as a a Twitter. I'm going gonna... to use my brain and I'm going to say half a billion. So maybe 500 million. That's uh, that'd be my guess. guess. That's I, I asked. We already have a music service that's doing fairly well. I asked you know, Google. I, want to boost I asked Google. Of that, I'm sure, by this yeah, acquisition. Talent. 
Yeah, so Songza is the that's is that that's the one where they where they have like they have seasoned professionals uh creating your playlists. Is is that right or am I thinking of something different? I know Beats does that. No, Songza will pick your mood or genre preference of music. You can like tap I energize me like I want to go for a run and it'll pick just like you know something like that or you'd be like yo I'm just trying to chill and smoke some weed and just hang out and it's gonna like start playing Bob Marley or something I don't know uh, I found an article yeah. on Forbes Three that said on possibly 15 million but they're not sure those are early rumors so that seems wicked low but I don't know it's not anything I ever use but yeah. yeah, I've heard well, of it, but it, I don't know anything about the service. It so. senses your time of day and will suggest curated playlists like Mellow Escapist Evening or Classic Pop Wake Up Call. Well, you know, that, that ties into <laughs> Google's way of thinking. Absolutely. You know, all of the extra signals of, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you turn your air conditioner to such and such degrees. Yes. Um... You turn on this and that track as you're getting yourself dressed and drinking your coffee. You know, that's Google Music. You know, that's yeah, just more yeah. signals. And it, uh, I can see that playing into their wheelhouse. If they do it seamlessly in Google Music, I'm not going to download songs and do that. But if it's another little thing in Google Music and they can do it without making it slow and crappy, then that'd be kind of cool, actually. It'd be an alternative to their... Uh, algorithmically generated playlist to their terrible play this playlist. radio yeah. yeah you know i want to say spotify used to do a similar thing with having having like a mood plug-in inside of their app i don't think you had it in the web interface but i, I want to say they had like a mood plug-in that that sort of learned you um during the day kind of thing i have to dig back through that but it, I, I like the idea Hey Eric. Hey Eric, how how mad are you that this will never get incorporated into the queue? Next is queue. Damn it. No, I really don't care. I I would care if I had one. I care for you. Um I I'm really curious if this is going to like we have another story where they where uh, it's suggested that maybe their cha- Google's can change the name of Google Play Music All Access to something else. If I can't play music, what am I playing? Horrible. Well, I wonder if they're maybe they just turn Google Play Music All Access into like Google Songza, like that. That would be better. <laughs> that would be like, a roll stark move into Songza. Yep, a stark move. I like it. A st- <laughs> yeah, because uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. Um, good. 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 Well, amazing. We have a generic email app in the Play Store. That sounds interesting. This is oh, the is. this is the crappy email app that that everybody you know tries to uninstall whenever they get their new device, isn't it? No, wait a minute. Which one? Does anybody use that? The generic email with the yellow the yellow icon. Yeah, yeah. I use that on my Nexus for. Um... Corporate mail. Oh, I um, saw that when we were in Vegas, and I was like, "Why are you using that, dude?" <laughs> I, use it, I use it for corporate. I, I liked yeah. it. I thought it was simple enough. It was much better on the Nexus, though. On I mean, the um, the tablet, though. Um, yeah, I, like I use it, it as well. Than, I like it better than the Sense version that I'm suffering through right now. 
<laughs> I hear that. Well, that bar is high, isn't it? I like it better than <laughs> Well, it's better than TouchWiz. <laughs> it is a... Yeah. Uh, this no, looks kind of really been happy with a lot of the other third-party mail clients as far as hooking into an exchange server. Um, there was one that was really popular. I think it was called Touchdown or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. It just no, I just didn't like the feel of it. So I just got used to goofing it. Stop. Yeah, I've I've tried many email apps in the past. Um, I tried Touchdown for a little bit too. I think uh, it's like nothing comes close on Android to to Gmail. Um, exactly, freaking Gmail. Let I want to see I want to see Pine on Android. Oh wow! Yeah. So Eric, you use you use a lot of uh, a lot of email clients. How many keyboards would you say you you use? Well, Matt, I, I'm a one-keyboard guy ever since they and Google introduced that little swipe you know, functionality into their keyboard. Oh, so you're not even SwiftKeying it, huh? No. I, I've given up. I'm, I stay at home with this one. Why is that? Don't trust the third because... parties? <laughs> no, it's just the, the, the stock one is good for me. I like it. Really? Have um, you seen what the new SwiftKey themes look like? Can I can I just show you this little piece of beautiful yeah. uh, theme design? Here's our here's our chat from earlier. Boom! Look at that. Oh, that's just a little bit of, of it's beautiful. Enhanced. Enhanced. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Know, but it's, I like it. Looks like sense. Don't ever say that. It does. That keyboard looks fine like words. keyboard. I like that there's no numbers on it. There's no lines. It's just a plat of letters, and you, if you know where the numbers are, you can long press on them. I kind of like that because I, I know where the numbers are. Nerd. So, Minuum on the Moto 360, Aunt Pruitt, can you picture people typing on their little crappy watches? Actually, the 360 is cool, but would you type on it? Isn't that you're talking to it? Why are you even Dude, typing? I, I picture somebody trying it. That's what it's made it. for. That's definitely what Minium was made for. If anything, right, is just the smallest screen you can imagine. Well, well, you know what? I I would not. All right, Minium is hard enough to use with two thumbs, in my opinion. I heard that. Really geared to use it, but wouldn't a like a swipe style keyboard be good on on a smartphone? Because you only get one finger. You know, or maybe two. I don't know how you do that, but uh, one thing or to, to put stuff on there. Maybe a swipe type interface would be better on a on a smartwatch. So maybe I don't know. no keyboard on a smartwatch. You know what I want to see on the smartwatch <laughs> is the old school iPod d click wheel. And you just oh, click, wow. click, 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 click. And I want it to click. Like, oh, that'd be awesome. Maybe so. <laughs> you know wrong. it would be. You know it would be. This wrong, dude. Speaking of just clicking, Matt. Oh, can please. we talk about the Ouya? Absolutely, Eric. We sure can. What the hell and is so Ouya? I well, you wouldn't be alone in that. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so Ouya was the the little indie game console that could. Um, it was, uh, you know, it's about yay big. You, oh, hold on. I have one. No way. <laughs> I'm not surprised he had the cue. You know where it's at? It's in his little <laughs> graveyard. of. It's sitting next to Google Wave and Android Q. <laughs> That's right. Poor thing. So this this is the ooh, yeah. It's a little little box, and you can see. You know, yeah. So it's um 
it's a game console, and it has a it has a lot of the same games that uh, are on the Android store. Um, but you know, they have their own app store and all that good stuff. And their big push was to get indie developers to develop for the platform because it would be one platform that they could they could you know get into people's TVs and all that good stuff with. Um, unfortunately, that that really didn't work out too well um, because people realized, you know, why am I buying, you know, these apps twice? Especially the the good apps, the really nice game apps that cost ten dollars or more. Nobody really wanted to, you know, to. I certainly didn't want to make that purchase twice. Um, but now I I got an email the other day uh, from them saying that they're going to test out this service. $60 a year, but you get access to their entire mobile game library. So all 800 games um, you get access to for 60 bucks. Hmm. What, what do you guys think? Is this, is this a good deal? Like, I don't know how much you spend on, on games throughout the year. Do you think it's going to equal $60? $60 per year for your mobile gaming experience, essentially, even though it's plugged into your television? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Now you get access to all of the all of the games, or all do you have to buy access, them? all the access. So you get access to the Final Fantasies, the Grand Theft Autos. You get access hmm. to the crappy little, you know, bejeweled clones. Like, yeah, that's more I, interesting. I wonder if they're making a move more towards the software, just being a software company rather than a hardware, because we haven't seen. You know, they said they were going to come out with a Ouya a year. Essentially, we've only ever seen one Ouya ever, and. Uh, Interesting. Well, so, yeah, and well, you don't announce too that their their store is going to be available on the Mad Cat's Mojo, the other, you know, one of the yeah, other. Yeah, Android yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, I wonder mm, yeah. what what the developers think about that though. Like, is it less money for them? Are more are are less of them going to be inclined to code for the Ouya? And I mean, you can see them doing this, right? Because you have Android TV. Chromecast, stuff like that that's coming. Like, they don't need to make the hardware. All they need to do is add the software in there that turns into a game. Why doesn't Google just buy them already? Yeah. <laughs> because Google has half a brain. There you go. Google has all yeah. the brain. They blew all their money on Songza. <laughs> <laughs> we were down to our last 15 mil. It was either Songza or Ooh Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, brilliant, brilliant. All right, I, I'm well, sort of torn on this whole idea personally. Like, I I think that I th- if they if they got more titles, like um, I was trying to make my app pick this week be the Telltale Games, um, a wolf a wolf among us, which is, you know, if you want to buy that season pass on Steam, I think it's like twenty bucks. So if they if Ouya had more of that. And they were churning it out regularly, then I could see sixty dollars a year being worth it. Um, I don't. I just. I don't think that they have the momentum yet. Um, but for some people, I think that like they might say, you know, I, I don't have to worry about my kid coming to me and saying, you know, mommy, daddy, I want to get this game. You can just. You can buy it. You can let them lose for a year, and and that's fine. The only problem is that this does not include in-app purchases. Of so course like if not. It's content, like if it's a DLC, then it does. But if it's like, you know, I need to, I need to buy cookies to boost my, whatever, it will not include that. So is that going that, to make developers develop more towards in-app purchases and bugging the crap out of us? 
Because that would suck. I think so. That Likely would... so. Although I think the industry is still headed in that direction. Like, anyway, I just think there's an increase in freemium apps. Basically. Sure. So I remember reading or watching a video where they were talking about like 95% of the most popular apps, or maybe it's the 95%. I don't know, but are the freemium apps. The freemium apps are where the industry seems to be heading. So. Well, you can look at what happened to uh, Zynga, I guess, as a little glance into the crystal ball of that whole world. People don't like it. Yeah. It's poop. No. It's poop. I think, I think it is – this freemium stuff is what it's, – it's what certain companies want to be the future of gaming. I don't think it's going to be the future Do you of feel gaming. like it's I like think... we get the internet we deserve, we get the, the democracy or the politicians we deserve as a people? Uh, do we get the – the we gaming the, experience oh yeah, we, we get the gaming experience we deserve because we're all a bunch of cheapskates and nobody wants to pay for games. I'll pay for threes. That's fine. Here's two bucks. Go get yourself two bags of ramen. Like, okay. I'm with you, Matt. Word to that. All right, Eric. Mm-hmm. What's our email address? Matt, our email address is show at attackoftheandroids.com. Fantastic. <laughs> Join us for Yats tomorrow evening with Aunt Pruitt here and possibly even Nick Carroll here. Uh, tell us about some of the IO stuff you wrote. Plug that. Well, I gave my overview from IO, and I also gave my insight on the world of Chromebooks. I'm going to get into um, Android TV here next, but uh, I'm still doing my... Uh, five-day video highlights for smartphone photography stuff, too. So I'm pretty busy here recently. Hell yeah. Well, good to, yeah. good to have you back in Chateau Ghetto. Uh, Nick, you know Nick, you got any videos you want to mention before we wrap this up? Uh, I'm still planning on doing a little bit of a Google series. I've actually got the next three three days off, so I'll be nice. publishing a lot of videos on my channel the next, next three days. So. Nice. That's what I need more of, more days off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Of course, uh, most Tuesday evenings at taggingtheandroids.com. That's our site. Check it out. Subscribe. We're on Stitcher. Uh, If you subscribe in iTunes for whatever reason, make sure to give us a review and a rating. We appreciate that. And uh, follow the Twitter page, the Facebook page, Google Plus page, community. We're everywhere. So, all right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. It's Attack of the Androids. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the